Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton with Row is underway on this Wednesday edition. Jam-packed show. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. It includes uh, YouTube where you can search Outkick in the tab and hope you'll subscribe to the channel. Join Chad in the chat and much more. Lou Holtz joins us in 20 minutes. The College Football Hall of Famer, legendary head coach at Notre Dame. He hops in in 20 minutes. We'll talk Ohio State, Notre Dame, and a lot more across college football uh, with the ball coach. We've got a primary complaint as we do each and every Wednesday. Dr. David Chow, pro football doc, is on. A lot of big-time injuries across the NFL currently, uh, including Nick Chubb and more. Joe Burrow, we'll discuss those and the timetable for return. Saquon Barkley's not even ruled out yet for tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night football, somehow, uh, because Dayball says he's looking better and better, uh, according to uh, his latest presser and meeting with the media. Clay Travis, our fearless leader, uh, each and every Wednesday in hour number two. Plus, Trent Dilfer, head coach at UAB, taking on the Georgia Bulldogs between the hedges. He will hop on. Uh, he's back on again for the first time in a few months. Always a great conversation. Chad, we are jam-packed. A big show. Can't wait. Hutton, that is a lineup. That right there that you just ran through on this Wednesday is a hell of a lineup. Amazing job uh, by our crew in here setting all of that up. Yep. I'm fired up and ready to go. Let's get over this hump. So many people talk about the hump on hump day and all of that good stuff. Uh, let's just go ahead. Well, and, you declared uh, Thursday's the start of the weekend. Are we declaring prima nocta on this Wednesday show? Yeah, that's because what when talking. I hear declare, I think of prima nocta uh, from Braveheart. Look it up. We're declaring Prima Nocta <laughs> on this show with that lineup. It's going to be one heck of a day. We're going to have one heck of a show. We're going to get you home, and we're going to get you ready for what's the new start of the weekend, Hutton, that I declared Thursday, last week? because football begins Thursday. We're declaring Prima Nocta. We're declaring Thursday the start of the weekend. So welcome to Thursday night, everyone, because that's how quick this show is going to go. It's going to feel like Thursday night tonight. We're getting closer to the weekend. I'm fired up for this lineup today. Speaking of lineups, the lineup for Colorado – uh, with the celebrities, the former players, uh, lengthy, that have backed Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. And uh, most recently, it's with Tom Brady, the GOAT, and the Let's Go podcast. That's where we lead off things uh, with our headlines uh, today. Scorched Earth on Hot Mike. Chad, Tom Brady uh, has been texting and discussing football with Shador Sanders and... Shador mentions this uh, in a post game of the overtime victory over Colorado State, where he says, "Hey, I had to go into Brady mode. You know, I had to think back to what he's told me and what he wants me to work on, and what he would be doing in that moment, where the the best rise to the occasion." And Shador certainly did that. Um, and Dion and Shador were guests of the Let's Go podcast with Brady. Uh, it's it it's his podcast that's also with Jim Gray. And a variety of topics uh, they, they dove into. But the one that is circulating, and, and rightfully so, is Shadur Sanders has purchased a Rolls Royce. And 
Dion asked Brady in a back and forth conversation towards the end of the of the uh, visit about if if Brady uh, agreed or disagreed that a college kid should have a phantom or a, a Rolls Royce, and, and Shador jumped in before Brady could answer and said, "It's a, it's a Rolls Royce." And Brady ends up saying this. I, I think he needs to get his ass in the film room and spend as much time in there as possible. Less time in the car and more time in the film room. Uh, that from Brady to Shador. And then, it, of course, Brady also, throughout his career, I don't know if he still has the car, he owns or did own a Rolls, Rolls Royce and, and drove it during, the, during his career. And Chad, he... He said, yeah, I did that in the league, and I had uh, a few more dollars at the time, uh, and I had worked my way up to that level. Hutton, I, I think that um, I'm not – this is not an old man approach to this or a take, even though Tom Brady is now a, an old man as he says this. I, I think a lot of people look and say, oh, boomer, you know, <laughs> get off my lawn guy, got a problem with him having – I don't think it's just out of the realm of acceptability to have some issue – with college-age guys having unlimited wealth, it looks like, in certain instances, when there is a task at hand. And Tom Brady, with all of his flash and his TB12 method and everything else, he's very much an old-school mentality type guy. And when Tom Brady was in college in Michigan, he sure as hell wasn't driving around in a Rolls Royce. He was trying to find his way onto the field to be a starter. He was in the film room, right? That's what he did throughout his career. There, There is this... And I, I, look, I know people are going to hear this and think, here's another old guy talking out against NIL. I'm not against NIL. I'm also not against an accomplished, older professional having some issue with a college kid who hasn't done a lot yet in his career having one of the most expensive cars on the road and then saying, you know, maybe get in the film room and worry about that instead of this. Will Levis had a chance to ask Peyton Manning a question when he was getting ready for the NFL draft. And he asked a question about, hey, you've done such a good job with your brand and branding and getting yourself out there. How would I do a better job with that? And Peyton Manning's response was, you just worry about being a good quarterback and a good football player and the rest will follow. I am for NIL when it is a reward system because your play has determined that you are someone of value that people know that are fans of the program and you're making money off name, image, likeness. I'm all for that. I also have no issue with, with Tom Brady or anyone else saying, yeah, stop worrying about the car you're driving and get in the film room. Now, Shador Sanders has looked great. It's not like he's saying this about a guy who's not performed well. Whatever he's doing in his car, film room, whatever, has worked for Colorado so far and for him. But I got no problem with Tom Brady saying this. None yeah, whatsoever. And, and it was a very good conversation. You've at, at Primetime and, and Shador. Uh, Jim Gray asked Brady why he mentors Shador Sanders and he says I'm, I'm always here for him because I see it because in him I see someone who has a great work ethic but wants the knowledge too I think all of us on this call had so many people in our lives which allowed us to be successful obviously having great parents but having these other instrumental people that come in at the right time when you're open to learning and people always ask me how good do you think this guy is going to be and I always say it depends on who he surrounds himself with. It depends on who mentors him. Because even you, he's talking to Prime, you weren't a finished product at 21 or 22. I certainly wasn't. I had the right people come into my life, and I was open to learning from them. That was Brady on the podcast. Yeah, I think, look, we celebrate different things in sports at times as, as compared to the rest of the, the world and culture 
writ large. And so much of that is you got to earn your keep. And I need to see it not just once, not just twice, over and over again. And then when you reach that level, then every bit of success you get is warranted and everyone's okay with it. I'm not going to sit here and say I, I completely disagree with college football players' ability to make money or any of that. You know, they need to get to the pros before they start making money, and they should suffer and struggle and live in a little dorm and have to work an extra job in the offseason and do all that. I'm, I don't buy that hardline level of it, but I also don't buy the concept that we should just celebrate any and every player driving the most expensive car or rocking the most expensive sunglasses and pregame warmups and not hold them accountable for it and not have mentors out there yeah. like a Tom Brady that can say, Dude, worry about being in the film room right now. Don't worry about your car. This isn't about talking up your car or the clothes you're wearing or anything else. And look, this is this is a trickle-down effect. This happens in the NFL with a lot of guys. This happens. Hutton, we've joked before about well, the Titans fashion show before games, right? Yeah, Project Keith Runway. Bullock has talked about it, called well, it Project Runway. This is not just This is, not this is just college that. also. Well, this is having Deion Sanders as your father. Yeah. That's also part of this. Uh, he's... The, the coach is also pointing to the Rolls, but his son has the Rolls Royce, right? Like, at, at more power to him there. But, I mean, it, it's not just Shador Sanders either. I mean, you've got, you've got the, what, the G-Wagon that's uh, currently, uh, you can see that uh, shown off in Columbia, South Carolina, I believe. Yeah. No, it, it's not. I, I'm going to get into this later. This is... This is the byproduct of the system that we have. And I'm totally fine with it. I'm fine with players getting paid. I'm also fine with uh, fans being quicker to boo college kids, especially the ones that are getting paid. If you're making money and you're, you're showing off your G-Wagon on Instagram, then I'm okay if South Carolina fans eventually decide to boo Spencer Rattler. I'm okay with Tom Brady telling Shador Sanders, get your ass in the film room and stop worrying about your car. There is a hierarchy here. Right? There, there is a different level. When you make the NFL and you're making a huge paycheck, that's a different level than college. I, I, I'm not going to lie and say I'm totally comfortable with kids in college making uh, over a million before they've played a snap. We're going to see how it works out. It might work out just fine. It might lead to these programs having immense success and no one has an issue with it. But it could also lead to some problems. And I think one of the problems that we're going to start to see a, an unintended consequence is fans who are already emotional and quick to be angry are going to be a lot quicker to anger because of this. They're now going to look on that sideline and say, see, this kid's worried about posting on Instagram with his NIL deal. He's worried about that G-Wagon that he's driving. And because of that, he can't read a defense. That You're going to see that happen a lot quicker. Not that it hasn't happened before, and we've seen a lot of emotions tied to college football. I do think it's going to happen quicker now, and it's going to be more warranted because a lot of these guys are making money. Not all of them, and not well, all of them are making a ton, but, but the top-level guys are. But the Colorado fans are going to look at Shador Sanders and be like, yeah, we, we sucked when our quarterback was driving a 1993 Honda Accord oh, yeah. on campus. No, look, it's, in Colorado, it's a special exception because they're not going to care at all. It's going to be nothing but praise this season after this 3-0 and start. But it might be a year from now, even at Colorado. And I, I look, I can, we can point to Clemson and Alabama and other places where it, it, the worm is starting to turn on this from fans a little bit and questioning, hey, 
Is this really good for us? Is this good for our program? Is it good for our players? It might be a year and a half, might be two years, might be three years. But if Colorado has success and builds up a level of expectation with their fans, if they start to fall flat in the face of that expectation, I guarantee even Colorado fans eventually will look around and say, are we worried too much about this and not enough about this? This being the football. Lou Holtz coming up in uh, about nine minutes. Chad, uh, uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, this whole story is is odd to me. So he cleans out the locker. That's a storyline. Uh, where what's going on? He's done for the year, but he's not around the team anymore. They're photoshopping him into the team photo. Uh, he had elbow surgery yesterday, and you know he's he's going to go through the, the rehab process where he's not going to be able to pitch next year. He's going to hit only uh, and, and play the DH role and then pitch in 2025. But here is the greatest player of our generation uh, who is entering a massive free agent moment. And part of the reason that makes it so incredibly huge for the sport is his arm on the mound, the, the dual threat that he's playing every day, but also in a, even in a doubleheader, he's pitching one, and hitting in the next, and he's not going to be able to use that one asset for at least a year, and who knows how ultimately he recovers from that in what has been the incredible storyline of, of his ability and his, his baseball career to this point. I wonder how much money it's going to cost him, first and foremost. It is going to cost him money uh, on the open market. It depends who he lets bid up the market. Well, look, the market's going to dictate it, but I do think the market is lowered. Uh, for for the reason of he's not going to be a pitcher in year one. But if, if Cohen, I'm just saying, like there are, there are owners who don't go by the market; they go by just throwing no, money yeah. at I mean, if Cohen wants him, then he's going to pay whatever he right, thinks he needs right. to. But those, there are those examples, though. But I, I think even Cohen is going to pay less than he would have because of this. So the the other part. My point is like he's he's still going to if he wants to go above and beyond everyone else he will, but I think above and beyond everyone else now will even be a little bit lower than it was before. But the new rule, the new DH rule allows Cohen to have the ability to bid up if he wants to. Because if it was just the if he's just going to be able to hit every day, you would want him to put him somewhere in the field, but I mean again, they don't want him throwing at all. Yeah. For the the twenty twenty four season, yeah, no, so, he's going to be a DH so, every day right. for so, someone. But for now this that next you, season. now that every team's has the DH spot, I mean, you've got that ability for him to yeah, to have it, every it's team. It's not going to be in. as much as it was. I mean, a fully healthy Otani, who's also a starting pitcher next year, who could also you know see th- that that's going to be. I more. wonder now if he jumps in at like a three year contract, three or four year deal instead of this long term contract that we see from Manny Machado for instance, like the 14-15-year contract. See, I, I would look more in the line of a two-year deal. Uh, if, you're one, if you wanted to truly bet on yourself and you think you're going to be fully healthy and come back strong mm-hmm. as a pitcher in year two of the deal, do that, and then in two years you get the astronomical contract that you were going to get this year. Um, there's also some merit to say, I want to sign a one-year deal somewhere that's a contender as a hitter only, and I'll sign that contract. Still going to be a lot of money. But I'm going to sign that one-year deal, hitter only, and then a year from now, pony up, big boys, because I'm a pitcher again, and I'm a hitter, and I'll sign that mega deal the following year. So it's all about how they want to approach it. My guess is, Hutton, it's going to be a long-term deal somewhere with someone valuing hitter in year one, 
we hope the same pitcher starting in year right. two. But right. you don't know. You don't know with an injury like this until they come back. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly just the story of that player, you know, that the one of a kind since Babe Ruth. I mean, here's hoping that he gets back to that level and, and fast. Uh, Chad, speaking of uh, coming to a deal, XFL, USFL, they're merging. They've announced that. According to, they have announced that according to multiple reports, that's happening. There's still a lot of questions with this about, you know, what, with the name of the league, when games are played, who's broadcasting these games, tele- television aspect, all of it, uh, and who's who's running it at the very top. But going head-to-head in the spring, even though they overlapped only a, head, a handful of weeks, didn't seem to make all that much sense, given the fact that they're in the they're going up the same pool of players where the quarterbacks that were in the USFL a year ago, this year, were now playing quarterback for the XFL. Yeah, front office sports had the initial story on this. I'm curious to see kind of who wins the merger, right? Who's, yeah. who's really in control? Or I is it a true merger are, right? where you got leadership from both sides that are kind of sharing all responsibilities? The legendary Lou Holtz joins us next. We talk Ohio State taking on his Irish and much more. That's next on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, how often have we said this college football season seems as wide open as it's been in... Well, since it's certainly the playoff era, but even prior to that, based on the number of teams that seem to be all around the same level. I think really since Notre Dame had that beat down to Navy uh, in week zero, followed yeah. by the SEC looking mortal yep. for the first time in a while, looking wide open and not like there's a true dominant team in that conference, which I think naturally opens the door for a lot of other really good programs. We find out a lot about Notre Dame and Ohio State yep. uh, this coming weekend and uh, a man who certainly knows a lot about the Irish and college football, college football Hall of Fame coach, uh, the legend, Lou Holtz, joins us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Coach, thank you so much for the time yet again. 
Thank you for having me. And I got to say this, one of the problems with the SEC is there's no established quarterback this year, which is really unusual. And that's the reason there's so much apprehension about who's going to end up number one. Yeah, it's a great point, Coach. And, and how surprised are you to see the situation Alabama's in uh, with one first-round quarterback after the other in recent years, and now they've got a bit of a revolving door at quarterback this year? This is something new for Nick Saban based off the it last is, 10 years. Where They decided on uh, Milrow, I think it is. Yep. I think it's my decision. I think he is the one who, who can escape all the pressure that the quarterback's been under because their offensive line's not performing exceptionally well. But I also think losing O'Brien to the New England Patriots was a big blow because he had done a tremendous job there. And you know, if you look at it down the line, Alabama's recruiting hadn't been as good as it has been, and they aren't doing as good a job with transfers. And that's one thing Notre Dame done a great job this year is bringing in the right transfers. And one of those, uh, Sam Hartman, what do you think about the quarterback there, Coach, and, and what he's done for the Irish to this point and expectations for this weekend? Well, if you look at his uh, statistics, he would be a Heisman candidate. <laughs> you know, I think this is his seventh year starting. I'm not sure. I know he started five or six years with Wake Forest, but he has a great offensive line. He's got excellent receivers. He has a good running back. He's got everything going for him. He can sit back there in a rocking chair. They, they protect him very, very well, but he's also very accurate, very experienced, and he was just what Notre Dame needed to make a run for the national championship. Can they do that? Do you do you buy that they're that talented this year? I, I do. I, I think we have three tough games. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Ohio State. Uh, I don't think Clemson will be that tough, although we do play them down there. But I do worry a little bit about Southern Cal. We'll have to outscore Southern Cal. Fortunately, their defense isn't very good, but Southern Cal's offense is tremendous. But I, I think that Notre Dame, you know, has a good chance of running the table. Why against Ohio State? Because the only games that Coach Day has lost has been against teams that have played very, very physical up front. And that's the one thing Notre Dame would do. Notre Dame could protect the passer, the receivers can get open, and they could read whether it's man or zone. It's better. Plus, they have a good running game. S time, I don't know if I'm pronouncing right, but he, he's averaging about 10 yards a carry. When you look at the offensive line, you have a talented running back you have good fast receivers and, and I think the new offensive coordinator has done a tremendous job obviously and, and I'm, I'm not telling you this I'm asking you this question but a responsibility of a coach is to find a player disguise their weakness and then exploit the weakness of the opponent coach when you watch Marvin Harrison Jr. for Ohio State is there a weakness in his game as a wide receiver talent from what you've seen I think it was one week he didn't show up. He had, what, 18 yards in total receptions that week. But when he shows up, and he's right, he's very, very difficult. And this is the one thing that worries me about this game. Uh, Notre Dame's been able to get pressure on the passer by blitzing and playing man coverage. And you pointed out when you're playing man coverage, you look for the mismatch. And there's nobody can stack up against uh, Marvin Harrison in the entire country. I mean, the guy is just outstanding. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, has great hands, has great intelligence, and, and he's very, very impressive. However, there's never been a horse that can be rode. There's never been a rider that can be thrown. And I think that what you have to do is double cover uh, Marvin Harris. You have to change up your coverage in some way. But I think that you can neutralize a receiver. You know, uh, 
you aren't going to intercept the snap from center. So you can't neutralize the running back, but you can neutralize the receiver by double coverage, throwing him off his timing, off his routes, et cetera. Coach Lou Holtz with us on Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Are, are we sleeping on Penn State a little bit? Or is this the year that they could climb the ladder and be atop the Big Ten? You know, I usually say no. But this year I'd have to say maybe. Uh, their quarterback is playing very well. I, I think their defense coordinator has done a tremendous job with, with the defense. However, when you have to play Michigan and Ohio State, that, that's a very difficult hill for anybody to climb, particularly as good as Michigan is this year. I love the quarterback for Michigan. I love their physical approach. And, and they've won the championship for two years, and they've beaten Ohio State back-to-back out by out-toughing them. Coach, I think by by all measurements, Tennessee was ahead of schedule a year ago with that 11-2 and two season, and that does set the bar really high for a year three. I, I think Saturday night was a reality check as to where Tennessee still is as a program. They're a good program. They're not anywhere near great the way they played at Florida on the road. How difficult is that throughout your coaching career? If you get a really quick start at a place to understand, hey, we've done this, but it's really hard to remain where you were before knowing you still have to build. Well, that's always very, very difficult, but I, I think that uh, let's give Florida an awful lot of credit. The transfer that Florida got from uh, University of Wisconsin did a tremendous job the other night. But uh, as, and I'm not sure how much longer certain coaches will remain in the profession. Let's take Nick Saban because whether it's Nick Saban, whether it happens to be uh, Dabo Sweeney, Urban Meyer, whoever, this is what happens. You go there and you turn the program around, you're a genius. Everybody's excited. And then when you win the championship or you get very close to it, then nobody's ever happy. And what happens is you go from the exuberation, exhilaration of winning a game to all of a sudden, oh, 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 that's over. We expected that. Winning is no longer a great thrill and lose it is an absolute catastrophe. And, and Nick Saban's fighting it now. He didn't play well enough to win against uh, big enough against uh, the opponent they had last week. But it, it's just very, very difficult. But that's why you have to keep improving. And, and if what you did yesterday looks big, do you haven't done much today. But you also have to remember this. You go through four phases as a football team, same as in a business. First of all, you learn how to be competitive. You go into a losing situation, you learn how to be competitive. How do you do that? By executing the fundamentals. Then stage two, you have to learn how to win. How do you learn how to win? By doing the little things. Everybody does the big thing. Great teams do the little. And you go through stage number three, you have to learn to handle winning. Because what happens when you start winning, everybody wants credit for it. And everybody thinks it's automatic. They forget what it was like when everybody was losing out, despondent, everybody was. They just take it for granted. And that doesn't happen. When you get to the stage four, where the players take charge of the culture of the team, they don't wait for the coach to correct a younger player. The older players will tell the younger, but this is how we do things. And you develop that culture. Alabama has it done. Debo Sweeney has it. The list goes on, and Georgia's got it now. But you have to stay to the point. You either get better or get worse. You don't stay the same. Uh, Coach Lou Holtz with us. I realize you may not know the answer to this. It's just speculation, but you also – 
you 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 also can uh, lean on experience and uh, your your background. So you mentioned the the Bama performance against South Florida, and it reminded me that immediately uh, after the game, we we're starting to hear conversation about Saban stepping away after the season, doing something else, not getting out of coaching. Uh, and you know, for the last fifteen years, SEC fans have been like, well. In five years, when when Saban retires, then our team's going to be back. And they were saying that a long time ago, and he's still there. Chad and I, he seems like a lifer. I have never contemplated Saban stepping away from the Alabama program. Could you see something like that? Yes, I, I can, because if things start to go downhill, then, as I said, losing is an absolute catastrophe you feel like you lost a member of your family it feels like it's a funeral where you don't have the excitement of winning anymore that everybody expects it okay where do we go next thank goodness that's over we got by that that same thing happened to me at notre dame no matter what you do it's not good enough and you can't really enjoy the excitement other than the association with the players that's the thing that keeps you in coaching Coach, what is your overall impression of what Deion Sanders has done so far at Colorado with that program and the start to this season? I think Deion Sanders has done a tremendous job. I think he's a great coach. However, the real Sanders is the quarterback. That's the reason that they're all too successful. He is unbelievable. He's done a tremendous job. I happen to coach uh, 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 Deion and Andre Risen in the hula ball. I tell you, Dion is a treat to have on the team. His attitude, his, just his charisma, and he isn't hailing the offense or the defense or the X and the He's very smart on that, but he is great at hailing the morale of the team. He has 88 transfers or, or portal players, and that's hard to have that many new players, but he's been able to handle it. Well, let's give him all the credit in the world. However, let, let's not build a shrine to him yet. Let, let's see how well he does against Oregon this week. But I think the quarterback is really tremendous. And I, I think Dion, give them all the credit in the world and all the recognition they're getting to color, they truly deserve. Is this the future, what we're witnessing from Deion Sanders? And I know not everyone can be Deion Sanders and do this, but if you take over a job like Colorado that had fallen on hard times, are we seeing sort of a template for how to work the transfer portal, how to reinvent a program almost overnight. And do you think this will lead to, I know Dion would be offended by me saying this, but more and more celebrity coaches in college football in the world of NIL and transfer portal? I, I think it's a great question. I say this, I worry about the future of college football. Number one, I think the transfer portal is one of the worst things that you could possibly do. We very seldom had a football player transfer to any school I've coached again because you make a commitment to it. And, and you go to school, and part of sitting on the bench, you learn to persevere, you learn to improve, you learn to accept your role, you learn to get a good education. That's why you go to that school. Now, all of a sudden, here we have the quarterback for, I think it's uh, Rice this year, he started for his fourth team. He started for Southern Cal. Then he started for Georgia. Then JT started, Daniels. Yep. Yeah, and now he's starting for why? What in the world is this world coming to? It's all about instant gratification. So I think that the transfer report, you learn to make a decision. We had a young man came to Notre Dame by the name of Kevin McDougal. He was a quarterback, and he was a year behind Rick Meyer. 
he didn't play very, very much. His second team all the way through, he came into a senior. I tried to start Ron Palace ahead of him as a freshman because I didn't think Kevin could do it. Ron Palace hurt his shoulder in preseason. We had to go with Kevin McDougal. All he did was go 11 and 1, I think it was, set all the passing records. It was just an absolute joy. That's all part of life is learning to wait your time. And being paid for an athlete to play football, I, I think that's wrong. I, I really, truly do. See, what happens is you should be paid if you work at McDonald's. You should be paid if you work at Walmart, but not to play football. And what happens is the coaches started chasing the money. The most I made at Notre Dame was $115,000, and that was after a big race, after we won the national championship and expanded our stadium to $80,000. But the coaches chased the money. Now they're making $9, $10 million a year. And then what happened? The athletes start chasing the money. Now what's happening? The conferences are chasing the money. The schools are. In other words, how in the world do you have uh, uh, Southern Cal and UCLA in the Big Ten. Used to be you joined a conference because you had the same objectives academically. You were very, very close uh, uh, geographically. You also had the same objectives athletically. And that's what made a conference. Now it's all by money. Well, uh, I see where one of the conference schools are, well, we don't get enough money if we don't. Florida State it. We need to go to another conference. It's all about the coaches chase the money, the athletes, now the schools are. Coach Lou Holtz never disappoints uh, whenever never. We, we chase him down and he agrees to come on the show uh, here on Hot Mike. Coach, we, we always appreciate the visit. We're always uh, uh, out of time where we could use more uh, with the conversation. And uh, here's hoping next time you join us, we'll talk about all those QBs out on the, the Pac-12 and West Coast that – are tearing it up right now. We always appreciate the, well, the time I tell here. Pac-12 has three teams for a potential national championship, and they haven't had one in a long time. But I think Oregon, Washington, and Southern Cal. But the major, all three have quarterbacks that transferred. Panic yep. from uh, transferred from Indiana. Yep. You look at the quarterback transferred from Auburn, and then Southern Cal's transferred from Oklahoma. So it goes round and round. But it's all the same. Coach, Coach, you're the man. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. At Coach Lou Holtz, 88 is where you can follow him on social. Uh, Never complain with the visit there. We have primary complaint next, though. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Packed show today. Our thanks to Coach Lou Holtz for joining us. We've got the pro football doc. Dr. David Chow joins us in uh, 20 minutes. Very latest on Joe Burrow, Saquon Barkley, and, and much more. Recovery time and what it's like for Nick Chubb now. And uh, Clay Travis plus Coach Trent Dilfer. All on the show today. He'll have thoughts on everything. Clay or Trent? Both. Oh. 
but I was referring to Trent okay. more than Clay in that one. We know Clay has thoughts, but uh, Trent doesn't come on every week with us, but every time he does, it's impactful. Uh, plenty of thoughts in the chat room right now on YouTube. You can join us. Uh, search out Outkick on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Join Chad there. He's typing away. We have a guy joining us in the chat room today from Tajikistan that wow. we're now uh, we're just asking questions about what life is like in Tajikistan. Fly your flag. Favorite sport, all those things. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to figure it out. Chad, every Big Wednesday at this time, we welcome in uh, Davey Hudson as well for this. It is time for Primary Complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's Primary Complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, activation codes for streaming services and the lack of consistency or, I mean, I would just say common sense on whenever you're asking me to go to a website and type in the activation code so then the TV will then stream the service that I'm subscribed to. Uh, you have roughly three or four letters, three or four numbers. And for whatever reason, guys, the the zero and the letter O, common sense would say use the slashed zero if it's going to be the number. If it's the number, use the slash so that I know that it's the number. And far too often, three or four of these streaming services that I use, they don't differentiate, and it's virtually the same size O or zero. And then I get the response back saying it's incorrect and you know you must be a bot or you're trying to steal this service from someone and I have to go in and verify my email again. I'm tired of this. Either don't use O or zero or use the slash like everyone else. That's my primary complaint. It's funny you say that because when we were putting in the lower today, the zero and the O are the exact same thing on the font I, I, we use. I noticed that. Is it real? Oh, there it is. I was yeah. looking at it and I'm like, it's uh, code O versus O. This is what so it looks which, like to me, not is, zero versus O. Is it O versus zero or zero versus O? How do we read this? How do you read it, Chad? Is it O first? You go letter or number first? I go letter first. I do too. I assume, especially with that, well, especially when I'm looking at a collection of letters, yeah. as in reading print on yes. a screen, I, I think letter first with O. This is this happens. You've, you've hit on something here, though, that is a, a common problem Yeah. that I, I often I don't know think about. But O versus zero is an issue. Use the slash. Yeah, O versus zero is a problem. Let me tell you about a problem I had this week, and I'll try to make the preamble to this as quick as possible. Get home from coaching my eight-year-old daughter in softball on Monday night. Um, the smoke detector is chirping in one part of the house. I mean, okay, took all the girls, by the way, 7-0, 8-0 start actually, took them to McDonald's for their 8-0 start in the season. Get home a little bit later. Over under 100 bucks on the meal. $65 oh for all the girls That's to eat. Fantastic. I've, I've, got, I've got food after. I've got my chicken McNugget meal. Ready to chow down on that. You know, it's probably 9 o'clock at this point. The chirping turns into every smoke detector in the house is going off at a volume that would scare any animal within a 20-yard radius of the house, okay? Daughters are freaking out. We got to send them on the front porch because they think the house is burning down. Clearly, it's not. Start looking around. I've got to detach every smoke detector, not just press a button, detach them to get them to go off one by one get to my daughter's room and take off the smoke detector from the ceiling and something wet hits my hand. And I think, is this battery acid? Because I'm taking <laughs> the battery out of it. What is going on? And then I notice 
there's water streaming from the ceiling. So I, I know this is where the upstairs air conditioning unit is above this area. Go up into the attic. Go in there. Water has seeped through out of the drip pan of the HVAC unit through the ceiling. Would not have known about this had it not dripped right into the ceiling smoke detector and set off every alarm in the house. So after getting all the water up, soaking it up with towels, everything else, get my HVAC guy out the next day. $700 later, get everything fixed, drip pans working, the pipes on the outside, the drainage, get all that done. That's not my primary complaint. My primary complaint came from Mike, my trusted HVAC guy, who I trust with this. If he tells me that's what it is, that's what it is. When he tells me that the fact that we are using more expensive air filters, these allergy-proof air filters that are $30 for two of them. We've been using this for years. He looks up at the air filters when he's looking at everything in the house, and he says, you're making a mistake. The cheaper ones are better. And I look at him, I think, what? The cheaper ones are, I feel like Chris Farley. Better the or the same? Better. When he's told that the, the coffee you know, wasn't what he, what? No, better. He says these expensive air filters that they sell you on, they don't help with allergies. They don't help with anything in the air and contamination. All they do is raise your energy bills because of what they do with the air conditioning unit. My primary complaint is the fact that the cheaper air filters are actually better for your house and not the most expensive ones. And it took all of these things happening for me to realize that if it's more expensive... I feel like it should be better. If it says it's going to help with allergies and particles in the air and all that, I feel like it should do that. This is two weeks in a row. First, it was allergy medication that doesn't work. Now it's the allergy-proofing air filters that doesn't work. And I learned this from an HVAC professional that I trust. This is my primary complaint. You hit on, though, the conspiracy theory element of this, that they actually drive up the energy bills, and that's helping. There's some type They're of... in cahoots with the energy companies. Yeah, it's like Apple, whenever they self-sabotage your iPhone with an update, your battery goes gets slower. He said it overworks your unit, and it raises your energy bills. He said just get the cheap ones, um, and they'll, they'll work even better. Now, he did say something about, like, painter's tape, that with the cheap ones, you got to put painter's tape around the side. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, now this feels like a little bit too involved for me, but okay. But either way, that's my primary complaint. Did I'm trying to think, is there the idea that it makes you feel better just knowing and like the people are under the impression, oh, I pay a little bit more, so this is actually better for me? It's kind of like the placebo impact. Well, see, I, and I've had, I've, I've had bad allergies my whole life, but it's been worse in my house the last like three or four months. And now he's convinced me that it's because I'm using subpar air filters is the reason. But the subpar air filter are the ones that are $30 for two of them. That's way more expensive than the normal air filter I would buy. Hmm. I've been duped once again. Well, Chad, my primary complaint revolves around not just paying more, but paying in general because the most recent news to come out, I've been on this before, but Elon Musk suggests that – X will start charging all users a quote-unquote small monthly payment. Why would you, why would you do this, man? You, you keep coming in here. I get you're trying to make some changes. He's saying the reasoning behind it is so we can get rid of all the bots. Listen, I'd rather put up with the bots than actually have to pay for the, the product at hand. This is something that you, you can't give somebody something for free 
for a long period of time and then just magically expect them to start paying for it, thinking, hey, this is going to work out for what the community has been built around this platform. That's where I get frustrated, and that's why it's my primary complaint. Well, that's another conspiracy theory of mine is that you, if you're bringing this up, that you can't get rid of the bots without just having the, the, the paywall. Um, who's to say that they're controlling the bots and they can just push them out there on their own to make the, the perception be that they've got to get rid of them? They create oh, something I, I they have to get rid that of. That probably happens. And get rid that Davey brings up a good point with, with, uh, with X, excuse me. But we're going to see this more and more. There's a lot of tomfoolery going on with streaming services where they're all now talking about, hey, we've undervalued our product for a while. You can expect huge rate increases. I'm not talking about three or four bucks more. I'm talking 100% rate increases for things like Disney Plus or Paramount Plus or HBO Max and or whatever you have a subscription to. Get ready for those things to go sky high. And what pisses me off about this is the only reason they started so cheap was an investor play. They're trying to show off for their shareholders, so they way underprice all these things. They get us in, and they act they like the it's going to be that way forever. And then don't tell us the ratings. And then once they get the numbers and it pumps up the shareholder value and all that, they realize, hey, we're losing a ton of money off this. Now we have to screw our customers and raise it by 300%. There are some companies, and just a piece of advice in general, I've used it for some. I need to try it for Netflix. Uh, but, for example, I had SiriusXM free for three months free when I first got it. And so then they, of course, want to get you on a subscription. And so they're like, oh, we can do this first year for five ninety nine, and then it's going to go up. Well, the first month after it went up, it went from basically $6 to 25 I just told them I like the rate I had. I'm, not gonna keep, I'm just going to cancel this altogether if you keep making me pay 25 a month. They're like, We'll give it to your five nine nine uh, for a month each month for a year. So sometimes you just call and like they'll be willing to do it. Now some platforms won't be doing that, but it's just a trick uh, to try if if you're looking to keep something but you don't want to have that increased rate. Well, the churn rate is going to raise also. Where you know if you're into Stranger Things on Netflix, you'll just subscribe for a month or two to Netflix and watch all the Stranger Things episodes and then you'll cancel your subscription. But, but And the, not do it for a year round. Not, right now, most people are just passive and will just pay it monthly. But I see, I don't think it'll be the majority part of that. I think what they're betting on is they'll raise it, people will pay for, to watch their show. Yeah. And while they're watching their show, they will end up watching something else that they get hooked on. And they want to binge this and then binge that. Well, and, and they also just bank on people's laziness. Well, not just laziness. Just, like that, that that's my just, issue. Uh, like I auto pay. I don't want to mess with it. Well, just you know, auto pay. So, yeah, so many people just hey, if I'm not out of money, they just don't want to mess with it and try to unsubscribe to something they've already subscribed to. Yeah, it's hard to get people to, to have action one way or the other. It's hard to get people to go in and say I am going to now be a paid subscriber to your service. And it's equally hard to get them to say, I am now going to unsubscribe to your service well, a, you know, or try to do that over and over again because you want to watch a certain show. You know, I, I, the hotels aren't uh, trying to cut down on washing towels and sheets because they're helping the, the world, the, the, the planet. They're doing it to save money. Paperless billing isn't to cut down on paper. It's so that you don't have to get out your checkbook and actually handwrite the price that you're turning in. Or see the the bill each month that you already have auto pay with, that will be subconsciously you know in your mind that you're paying this. We've got a call about this, you know, or you have your significant other telling you you've got a call about this tomorrow. That doesn't happen with, without the with the paperless billing. It's online and 
it's a it's more or less viewed in an email as uh, spam. Well, we used to make things as, in America. That's the way I just continue to feel this. We're like we're just in this eternal trap of a virtual space that we're all just having money taken from our account that we never see. Uh, nothing's real. Nothing's real anymore, including expensive air filters is what I found out. That's not even real. We don't make things in America anymore. It's just all a virtual space well, that's real. taking money from them. us. What? So they're real. You paid for them. Yeah, they're yeah. real. They just the, the the effects they claim to have aren't real. But uh, are they? I did pay is, for them. Is it? Uh, have you guys been affected by them trying to cut down on how many uh, username and password shares there are for these things? Like, I, I haven't like uh, using my own. I'm saying I've got multiple devices set up, and I haven't been. Nothing has come across for me. I don't think I've anything stopped yet for me with that. With multiple Davey, devices on it. The, the, the only thing is Netflix, I've because my sister would use it and she had my password and she's terrible about logging out of devices. So yeah. I think at one point I was signed into seven different things and then five but of which were. You can go her. in and, uh, and log out, right? Yes, and, and I did. And of course she's like, hey, why'd you do that? I was like, well, I'm the one paying for this. I'm letting you use it, yet you have five <laughs> accounts. Uh, Says but, the guy who made a plea to uh, friends of his to not get rid well, of one of the services. Ne next week, Davey needs to tell us the worst thing that he's watched on Netflix that his sister had to see. On the continuum. <laughs> no, she's got you got different profiles. Davey, what uh, good. what is different, this? Different profiles. No, but that was a, no. I had her create. What is this a documentary you've been watching? It was um no. She kept messing with my list and sure stuff in there. It was dark and sinister. Yeah. It was uh, it was Gossip Girl. So yes, very dark and sinister. <laughs> I got a buddy who is so into Gossip Girl. It's all he wants to watch. Loves that show, and he's not being ironic about it all. Legitimately loves it. Thinks it's a masterpiece, a work of art. Clay Travis also and Trent Dilfer still to come. Though. When we come back, Dr. David Chow joins us. The latest on the injuries across the NFL, the pro football doc, next on Hot Mike.